Section 5 of The Fundamentals, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Fundamentals, Volume 1, Section 5. The Proof of the Living God by Arthur Pearson. In Psalm 68, verse 4, we are bidden to extol him who rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and to rejoice before him. And in the next verse, he is declared to be a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows in his holy habitation. The name Yah, here only found, is not simply an abbreviation of Jehovah, but the present tense of the Hebrew verb to be, and expresses the idea that this Jehovah is the living, present God. And, as the heavens are always over our heads, he is always a present helper, especially to those who, like the widow and the orphan, lack other providers and protectors. George Muller of Bristol undertook to demonstrate to the unbelieving world that God is such a living, present God, and that he proves it by answering prayer, and that the test of this fact might be definite and conclusive, he undertook to gather, feed, house, clothe, and also to teach and train all available orphans, who were legitimate children but deprived of both parents by death and destitute. 65 Years of Proof This work, which he began in 1833 in a very small and humble way by giving to a few children gathered out of the streets a bit of bread for breakfast, and then teaching them for about an hour and a half to read the scriptures, he carried on for 65 years with growing numbers until there were under his care and in the orphan houses which he built 2,200 orphans with their helpers, and yet... During all that time, Mr. Mueller's sole dependence was Yah, the living and present God. He appealed to no man for help, and did not even allow any need to be known before it had been supplied, even his intimate co-workers being forbidden to mention any existing want outside the walls of the institution. His aim and purpose were to effectually apply the test of prayer to the unseen God, in such a way as to leave no doubt that in these very days in which we live it is perfectly safe to cut loose from every human dependence and cast ourselves in faith upon the promises of a faithful Jehovah. To make the demonstration more absolutely convincing, for some years he withheld even the annual report of the work from the public, although it covered only work already done, lest some should think such a report an indirect appeal for future aid. A human life thus filled with the presence and power of God is one of God's choicest gifts to his church and to the world. Demonstration and Illustration Things unseen and eternal are, to the average man, distant and indistinct, while what is seen and temporal is vivid and real. Practically, any object in nature that can be seen or felt is thus more actual to most men than the living God. 
every man who walks with god and finds him a present help in every time of need who puts his promises to the practical proof and verifies them in actual experience every believer who with the key of faith unlocks god's mysteries and with the key of prayer unlocks god's treasuries thus furnishes to the race demonstration and illustration of the fact that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him george muller was such an argument and example a man of like passions and tempted in all points as we are but who believed god and was established by believing who prayed earnestly that he might live a life and do a work which should be a convincing proof that god hears prayer and that it is safe to trust him at all times and who furnished just such a witness as he desired like enoch he truly walked with god and had abundant testimony borne to him that he pleased god and when on the tenth day of march eighteen ninety eight it was told us of george muller that he was not we knew that god had taken him it seemed more like a translation than like death the man himself to those familiar with his long life story or who intimately knew him and felt the power of personal contact he was one of god's ripest saints and himself a living proof that a life of faith is possible that god may be known communed with found and become a conscious companion in the daily life he proved for himself and for all others who will receive his witness that those who are willing to take god at his word and to yield self to his will he is the same yesterday and to-day and forever that the days of divine intervention and deliverance are past only so far as the days of faith and obedience are past that believing prayer works still the wonders of which our fathers told in the days of old all we can do in the limited space now at our disposal is to present a brief summary of george muller's work the details of which are spread through the five volumes of his carefully written journal and the facts of which have never been denied or doubted being embodied in five massive stone buildings on ashley down and incarnated in thousands of living orphans who have been or still are the beneficiaries upon the bounty of the lord as administered by this great intercessor his life purpose one sentence from mr muller's pen marks the purpose which was the very pivot of his whole being i have joyfully dedicated my whole life to the object of exemplifying how much may be accomplished by prayer and faith this prepared both for the development of the character of him who had such singleness of aim and for the development of the work in which that aim found action mr muller's oldest friend robert c chapman of barnstable beautifully says that when a man's chief business is to serve and please the lord all his circumstances become his servants a maxim verified in mr muller's life work no visible support mr james wright mr muller's son-in-law and successor said in reviewing the sixty-five years of work it is written job twenty six verse seven he hangeth the earth upon nothing that is no visible support and so we exult in the fact that the scriptural knowledge institution for home and abroad hangs as it has ever hung since its commencement upon nothing that is upon no visible support it hangs upon no human patron upon no endowment or funded property but solely upon the good pleasure of the blessed god 
blessed lesson to learn that to depend upon the invisible god is not to hang upon nothing though it be upon nothing visible the power and permanence of the invisible forces that hold up the earth after sixty centuries of human history are sufficiently shown by the fact that this great globe still swings securely in space and is whirled through its vast orbit and without variation of a second still moves with divine exactness in its appointed path mr muller therefore trusted the same invisible god to sustain with his unseen power all the work which faith suspended upon his truth and love and unfailing word of promise though to the natural eye all these may seem as nothing summary of work done in the comprehensive summary contained in the fifty-ninth report remarkable growth is apparent during the sixty-four years since the outset of the work in eighteen thirty four during the year ending may twenty sixth eighteen ninety eight the number of day schools was seven and of pupils three hundred and fifty four the number of children in attendance from the beginning eighty one thousand five hundred and one the number of home sunday schools twelve and of children in them one thousand three hundred and forty one but from the beginning thirty two thousand nine hundred and forty four the number of sunday schools aided in england and wales twenty five the amount expended in connection with home schools seven hundred and thirty six pounds thirteen shillings ten pence from the outset one hundred and nine thousand nine hundred and ninety two pounds nineteen shillings and tenpence the bibles and parts thereof circulated fifteen thousand four hundred and eleven from the beginning one million nine hundred and eighty nine thousand two hundred and sixty six money expended for this purpose the past year four hundred thirty nine pounds from the first forty one thousand and ninety pounds thirteen shillings three pence missionary labours aided one hundred and fifteen money expended two thousand and eighty two pounds nine shillings and sixpence from the outset two hundred and sixty one thousand eight hundred and fifty nine pounds seven shillings and fourpence circulation of books and tracts three million one hundred one thousand three hundred and thirty eight money spent one thousand one hundred pounds one shilling threepence and from the first forty seven thousand one hundred and eighty eight pounds eleven shillings and tenpence the number of orphans on ashley down one thousand six hundred and twenty and from the first ten thousand and twenty four money spent that year twenty two thousand five hundred twenty three pounds thirteen shillings and a penny and from the beginning nine hundred and eighty eight thousand eight hundred and twenty nine pounds to carry conviction into action sometimes requires a costly sacrifice but whatever mr muller's fidelity to conviction cost in one way he had stupendous results of his life work to contemplate even while he lived giving with prayer 
Let anyone look at these figures and facts and remember that one poor man who had been solely dependent on the help of God and only in answer to prayer could look back over more than three score years and see how he had built five large orphan houses and taken under his care over ten thousand orphans, expending for them within twelve thousand pounds of a round million. This same man had given aid to day schools and sunday schools in britain and other lands where nearly one hundred and fifty thousand children have been taught at a cost of over one hundred and ten thousand pounds more he had also circulated nearly two million bibles and parts thereof at a cost of over forty thousand pounds and over three million books and tracts at a cost of nearly fifty thousand pounds more Besides all this, he had spent over £260,000 to aid missionary labours in various lands. The sum total of the money thus expended during sixty years thus reached very nearly the astonishing aggregate of one and a half million of pounds sterling, $7,500,000. Mr. Mueller's own gifts to the service of the Lord found, only after his death, full record and recognition in the annual reports an entry recurring with strange frequency suggested a giver that must have reached a very ripe age from a servant of the lord jesus who constrained by the love of christ seeks to lay up treasure in heaven if that entry be carefully followed throughout and there be added the personal gifts made by mr muller to various benevolent objects the aggregate sum from this servant reaches up to March the 1st, 1898, a total of 81,490 pounds, 18 shillings, and 8 pence. After his death, it first became known that this servant of the Lord Jesus was no other than George Mueller himself, who thus donated from money given to him or left to him for his own use by legacies, an amount equal to more than one-fifteenth of the entire sum expended from the beginning upon all five departments of the work, £1,448,959. This is a record of personal giving to which we know no parallel. His Investments Mr. Mueller had received increasingly large sums from the Lord, which he invested well and most profitably, so that for over sixty years he never lost a penny through a bad speculation. But his investments were not in lands or banks or railways, but in the work of God. He made friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, and when he failed, they received him into everlasting habitations." He continued year after year to make provision for himself, his beloved wife and daughter, only by laying up treasure in heaven. Such a giver had a right to exhort others to systematic beneficence. He gave as not one in a million gives, not a tithe, not any fixed proportion of annual income, but all that was left over after the simplest and most necessary supply of actual wants. While most disciples regard themselves as doing their duty, if, after they have given a portion to the Lord, they spend all the rest on themselves, God led George Mueller to reverse this rule and reserve only the most frugal sum for personal needs that the entire remainder might be given to him that needeth. An utter revolution in our habits of giving would be necessary were such a rule adopted. Mr. Mueller's own words are, my aim never was how much I could obtain, but rather how much I could give. 
yet this was not done in the spirit of an ascetic for he had no such spirit his stewardship he kept continually before him his stewardship of god's property and sought to make the most of the one brief life on earth and to use for the best and largest good the property held by him in trust the things of god were deep realities and projecting every action and decision and motive into the light of the judgment seat of christ he asked himself how it would appear to him in the light of that tribunal thus he sought prayerfully and conscientiously so to live and labour so to deny himself and by love serve his master and his fellow-men that he should not be ashamed before him at his coming but not in a spirit of fear for if any man of his generation knew the perfect love that casts out fear it was he he felt that god is love and love is of god he saw that love manifested in the greatest of gifts his only begotten son at calvary he knew and believed the love that god hath to us he received it into his own heart and it became an abiding presence manifested in obedience and benevolence and subduing him more and more it became perfected so as to expel all tormenting fear and impart a holy confidence and delight in god favorite texts among the texts which strongly impressed and moulded mr muller's habits of giving was luke six verse thirty eight give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom he believed this promise and he verified it his testimony is i had given and god had caused to be given to me again and bountifully again he read it is more blessed to give than to receive he says that he believed what he found in the word of god and by his grace sought to act accordingly and thus again records that he was blessed abundantly and his peace and joy in the holy spirit increased more and more it will not be a surprise therefore that as has been already noted mr muller's entire personal estate at his death as sworn to when the will was admitted to probate was only one hundred and sixty nine pounds nine shillings and fourpence of which books household furniture etc were reckoned at over one hundred pounds the only money in his possession being a trifle over sixty pounds and even this only awaiting disbursement as god's steward the secret of it all to summarize mr muller's service we must understand his great secret such a life and such a work are the result of one habit more than all else daily and frequent communion with god he was unwearied in supplications and intercessions in every new need and crisis the one resort was the prayer of faith he first satisfied himself that he was in the way of duty then he fixed his mind on the unchanging word of promise then in the boldness of a suppliant who comes to a throne of grace in the name of jesus christ and pleads the assurance of the immutable promiser he presented every petition he was an unwearied intercessor no delay discouraged him this is seen particularly in the case of individuals for whose conversion or special guidance in the paths of full obedience he prayed on his prayer list were the names of some for whom he had besought god daily by name for from one to ten years before the answer was given there were two parties for whose reconciliation to god he prayed day by day for over sixty years 
and who had not at the time of his death turned unto God. But he said, I have not a doubt that I shall meet both of them in heaven, for my heavenly Father would not lay upon my heart a burden of prayer for them for over three score years, if he had not concerning them purposes of mercy. This is a sufficient example of his almost unparalleled perseverance and importunity in intercession. However long the delay, he held on, as with both hands, clasping the very horns of the altar, and his childlike spirit reasoned simply but confidently that the very fact of his own spirit being so long drawn out in prayer for one object, and of the Lord's enabling him so to continue patiently and believingly to wait on him for the blessing, was a promise and prophecy of the answer, and so he waited on, so assured of the ultimate result that he praised God in advance, as having already received that for which he asked. One of the parties for whom for so many years he had unceasingly prayed, shortly after his departure, died in faith, having received the promises and embraced them and confessed Jesus as his Lord. The Privilege of All Mr. Mueller frequently in his journal and reports warned his fellow disciples not to regard him as a miracle worker, or his experience as so exceptional as to have little application to the ordinary spheres of life and service. With patient repetition he affirms that, in all essentials, such an experience is the privilege of all believers. God calls disciples to various forms of work, but all alike to the same faith. To say, therefore, I am not called to build orphan-houses, etc., and have no right to expect answers to my prayers as Mr. Mueller did, is wrong and unbelieving. Every child of God is first to get into the sphere appointed of God, and therein to exercise full trust, and live by faith upon God's sure word of promise. Throughout all the thousands of pages written by his pen, he teaches that this experience of God's faithfulness is both the reward of past faith and prayer, and the preparation of the servant of God for larger work, more efficient service, and more convincing witness to his Lord. Supernatural Power No one can understand this work who does not see in it the supernatural power of God. Without that, it is an enigma, defying solution. With that, all the mystery is an open mystery. He himself felt, from first to last, that this supernatural factor was the whole key to the work, and without that it would have been to himself a problem inexplicable. How pathetically he often compared himself and his work for God to the burning bush in the wilderness, which, always aflame and always threatened with apparent destruction, was not consumed, so that not a few turned aside, wondering to see this great sight. And why was it not burnt? because Jehovah of hosts who was in the bush dwelt in the man and in his work. Or, as Wesley said with almost his last breath, best of all, God is with us. This simile of the burning bush is the more apt when we consider the rapid growth of the work. At first, so very small as to seem almost insignificant, and conducted in one small rented house, accommodating thirty orphans, and then enlarged until other rented premises became necessary, then one, two, three, four, and even five immense structures being built until three hundred, seven hundred, eleven hundred and fifty, and finally two thousand and fifty inmates could find shelter within them. Seldom has the world seen any such vast and rapid enlargement. Then look at the outlay. 
at first a trifling expenditure of perhaps four hundred pounds for the first year of the scriptural knowledge institution and of five hundred pounds for the first twelve months of the orphan work and in the last year of mr muller's life a grand total of twenty six thousand pounds for all the purposes of the work the cost of the houses built on ashley down might have staggered even a man of large capital but this poor man only cried and the lord helped him the first house cost fifteen thousand pounds the second over twenty one thousand the third over twenty three thousand and the fourth and fifth from fifty thousand to sixty thousand more so that the total cost reached about one hundred and fifteen thousand pounds besides all this there was a yearly expenditure which rose as high as twenty five thousand for the orphans alone irrespective of those occasional outlays made needful for emergencies such as improved sanitary precautions here is a burning bush indeed always in seeming danger of being consumed yet still standing on ashley down and still preserved because the same presence of jehovah burns in it not a branch of this many-sided work has utterly perished while the whole work still challenges unbelievers to turn aside and see the great sight and take off their shoes from their feet for is not all ground holy where god abides and manifests himself abundant in labours in attempting a survey of this great life-work we must not forget how much of it was wholly outside of the scriptural knowledge institution namely all that service which mr muller was permitted to render to the church of christ and the world at large as preacher pastor witness for truth and author of books and tracts his preaching period covered the whole time from eighteen twenty six to eighteen ninety eight the year of his departure over seventy years and with an average through the whole period of probably three sermons a week or over ten thousand for his lifetime which is probably a low estimate for during his missionary tours which covered over two thousand miles and were spread through seventeen years he spoke on an average once a day even at his already advanced age probably those brought to the knowledge of christ by his preaching would reach into the thousands exclusive of orphans converted at ashley down then when we take into account the vast numbers addressed and impressed by his addresses given in all parts of the united kingdom on the continent of europe and in america asia and australia and the still vaster numbers who have read his narrative his books and tracts or who have in various other ways felt the quickening power of his example and life we shall get some inadequate conception of the range and scope of the influence wielded by his tongue and pen his labours and his life much of the best influence defies all tabulated statistics and evades all mathematical estimate it is like the fragrance of the alabaster flask which fills all the house but escapes our grosser senses of sight hearing and touch this part of george muller's work belongs to a realm where we cannot penetrate but god sees knows and rewards it a doubter's doubts yet there are those who doubt or deny the sufficiency of even this proof though so full and convincing in a prominent daily newspaper a correspondent discussing the efficacy of prayer thus referred to the experience of george muller i resided in that country during most of the seventies when he was often described as the best advertised man in the three kingdoms 
by a large number of religious people he was more spoken of than were gladstone or disraeli and accordingly it was not miraculous that although he said he had never once solicited aid on behalf of his charitable enterprise money in a continuous stream flowed into his treasury even to non-religious persons in great britain his name was quite as familiar as that of moody doubtless muller was quite sincere in his convictions but by the very peculiarity of his method his wants were advertised throughout the world most conspicuously thus receiving the benefit of a far larger publicity than would otherwise have obtained and it being known that he was praying for money money of course came in to him but were muller's prayers answered invariably according to a memoir by a personal friend which has lately been published this was far from having been the case and he often felt aggrieved at what he considered a slight on the part of the almighty one of whose pets to quote mr savage he evidently imagined himself to be for example he prayed for two of his unconverted friends for nearly fifty years without avail there was absolutely nothing in his career that could not be accounted for as the result of purely natural causes if it was possible to admit that what he looked upon as answers to his prayers were due in special interventions of providence in his behalf in other words to favouritism the question would inevitably arise why have the prayers of thousands of other christian people whose faith is quite as strong as mr muller's been disregarded what are we to think of the little band of enthusiasts who left this country for jerusalem a few months ago to see christ appear in the clouds and who at last accounts were reported to be starving with no immediate prospect of a return to their homes lector lector takes an easy way to evade the force of mr muller's life witness he contends that the peculiarity of his method and the great publicity thus obtained made him the best advertised man in the three kingdoms and so money poured in upon him from all quarters thus the most conspicuous testimony to a prayer-hearing god furnished by any one individual in the century is dismissed with one sweep of the pen affirming that there was absolutely nothing in his career which could not be accounted for as the result of purely natural causes the doubter answered in answer i beg to submit twelve facts all abundantly attested one for sixty years and more he carried on a work for god involving at times an average annual expenditure of one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars and never once privately or publicly made any direct appeal for money two of all his large staff of helpers no one is ever allowed to mention to an outside party any want of the work however pressing the emergency three thousands of times correspondents inquired as to the existing wants but in no case did they receive information even though at a crisis of need the object being to prove that it is safe to trust in god alone four reports of the work annually published have no doubt largely prompted gifts but even these cannot account for the remarkable way in which the work has been supported in order to show that dependence was not placed on these reports they were not issued in one case for over two years yet there was no cessation of supplies five the coincidences between the need and the supply can be accounted for on no law of chance or awakened public interest in thousands of cases the exact sum or supply required has been received at the exact time needed and when donors could have had no knowledge of the facts
6. The facts spread over too long a time and too broad a field of details to be accounted a wide advertising system. Mr. Mueller recorded thousands of cases of prayer for definite blessings with equally definite answers. 7. Many interpositions and deliverances were independent of any human gifts or aid, as when a break in the heating apparatus necessitated a new boiler. No sooner had the repairs begun than a cold north wind set in which risked the health and even the lives of over 400 orphans living in the house, which there was no other mode of heating. Mr. Mueller carried the case to the father of the fatherless, and the wind shifted to the south and blew soft and warm till the repairs were complete. 8. Hundreds of cases occurred, in course of 65 years, when there was not food for the next meal, yet God only was appealed to, and never but twice was it needful to postpone a meal, and then only for half an hour. Even direct and systematic appeals to the public could not have brought supplies for hundreds of orphans and helpers with such regularity for all those years. 9. Again the supplies always kept pace with growing wants. Mr. Mueller began on a very small scale, and the orphan work was only the last of five departments of the work of the Scriptural Knowledge Institution. Can it be accounted for on any purely natural basis that the popular heart and purse, without even full information of the progress of the fivefold enterprise, responded regularly to its claims? 10. Again, many a crisis, absolutely unknown to contributors, was met successfully by adequate supplies, without which, at that very time, the work must have ceased. Once, when a single penny was lacking, after all available funds were gathered, that one penny was found in the contribution box, and it was all there was. 11. Again, Mr. Mueller found that his relations with God always determined the measure of his help from man. Unless his fellowship with his Heavenly Father was closely maintained, all else went wrong. The more absolute his dependence on God, his separation unto him and his faith in him, the more abundant and manifest his deliverances, so that as he became more independent of man, he received the more from God through man. 12. Since his death in 1898, the work has been carried on by his successors and helpers on the same principles and with the same results. Though his strong personality is removed, the same God honours the same mode of doing his work, independent of the human instruments. Mr. Mueller's life purpose was to furnish to the world and the church a simple example of the fact that a man can not only live, but work on a large scale, by faith in the living God, that he has only to trust and pray and obey, and God will prove his own faithfulness. The reports were published with sole reference to the work already done, and because donors were entitled to such knowledge of the way in which their money was expended. He never used his reports as appeals for help in work yet to be begun or carried on. Nor was his personal presence or influence necessary, for he travelled for eighteen years in forty-two countries, mentioning his work only at urgent request, and during all this time the work went on just as when at home. A CHALLENGE TO UNBELIEF One thing is obvious. There is a wide field still open for experiment. Let those who honestly believe that so great a life work may be entirely accounted for on a natural basis give us a practical proof. 
let an institution be found in some of our great cities similar to that in bristol let there be no direct appeal made to any one beyond the circulation of annual reports or let there be the widest advertising of the fact that such a work is carried on and that dependence is on public aid without direct solicitation of course there must be no prayer and no acknowledgment of god lest someone think it to be religious and unscientific and pious people should be moved to respond unbelievers outnumber christian disciples five to one and the constituency is therefore very large let us have the experiment conducted not on the faith basis but in strictly scientific method when we see an infidel carrying on such a work building five great orphan-houses and sustaining over two thousand orphans from day to day without any direct appeal to human help yet finding all supplies coming in without even a failure in sixty years we shall be ready to reconsider our present conviction that it was because the living god heard and helped george muller that he who began with a capital of one shilling took care of more than ten thousand orphans aided hundreds of missionaries scattered millions of bibles and tracts and in the course of his long life expended about seven million five hundred thousand dollars for god and humanity and then died with all his possessions valued at less than eight hundred dollars end of section five